Hello and welcome back to the Clear Cruise podcast, episode 16. This week we're coming to you from the Clear Luxury Showcase in Malaga. You can keep up to date with all of the latest going on at the show by following the hashtag ClearLuxury2018. It is, of course, also Spa and Wellness Week for our Choose Cruise campaign. And so later on in this episode, we'll be talking with cruise and travel blogger Emma from Emma Cruises. Also in this episode, we're back aboard the Azamara Pursuit with Andy, talking to the cruise editor of the Sunday Times, Sue Bryant, and travel writer Gary Buchanan. But first, speaking live from Malaga, we got a chance to talk again with Lisa McCauley. Enjoy. So here we are on board Silver Whisper in the really glorious sunshine with Lisa McCauley. Uh, Lisa, why don't you tell people uh, who you work for now? So I'm with Donata and I look after the B2B tour operations, which um, is gold medal travel to simply luxury and pure luxury on the luxury brands. And of course, travel to has got cruise plus. Right. Uh, but you came from Silver Sea was, the, was your position before that. How, how do we define luxury for agents? Because it's kind of a moving feast, isn't it? It is. I think it's one of the most big, the biggest challenge that agents have got, actually, is one, defining the product and also seeking out the right customer for that product as well. Um, and it's not always defined by the price point. So, but for me, there are standout brands in the ultra-luxury segment. There's Seabourne, Silver Sea, Regent, of course, um, Crystal, and, you know, as much as I think that the premium um, uh, cruise lines do a very good job in their product at the upper end of their um, uh, their product offering, there's still nothing like the ultra-luxury segment when it comes to luxury. So why, why the big change in ultra-luxury towards expedition, do you think? Um, there's always been... Look, the, the Silver Sea customers certainly are well-travelled, well-educated and they have a deep desire to learn new things and to go to new places. So for me, it's just a natural evolution to go from mainstream um, ocean cruising into expedition territory. And expedition as a word itself is kind of the wrong word as well, isn't it, for most of it? Absolutely. I think the problem I have with the word expedition is that it brings up connotations of cold destinations and quite hard work and tough Mm. going. But actually, when you see a lot of the product range in the expedition um, segment, it's far—it's soft adventure. Um, you know, it's snorkeling in the Indian Ocean. There are certain um, expedition voyages do that. But it's not all about polar regions and wearing parkas. As a product range now, is, is expedition and ultra luxury something you offer and do well at? Yes, we do. So um, actually, come December, <coughs> excuse me, Travel Two will have their first ever dedicated luxury expedition and also river cruise brochure so it's 92 pages long but the business has grown to such a size where it's warranted um, prior to probably this year the last 18 months it wasn't but you know previously we just had one cruising br- um, brochure and i do think you have to segment the product yeah. in order to sell the right product to the right uh, right customer and and Presumably the awareness amongst the trade is good and your general cruise business is also doing well. Yeah, so we're year to date, um, from the beginning of year, from January, we've seen growth of 70% both on, uh, well, on revenue, rev- uh, uh, passengers, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so very strong growth and more planned as well. So I, I don't see that changing. I think we'll continue to see double digit growth. Uh, Lisa, this is the first time that Clear has done a luxury event out in Spain. It's it's a good time to talk luxury, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and I think the growth in the ultra luxury segment warrants that. And equally, I think the growth in the expedition market and the new hardware that will be coming on board over the next few years warrants, um, warrants its own voice. Yes. So, which is why we've launched our event for the first time in March next year for expedition. But that expedition growth is being driven presumably by new ships, but also by an awareness of those that, that those experiences that are available. Yes, absolutely. I just think, as I said, you know, you look at the the amount of new ships that's coming into the market, um, and I've mentioned before there are only a handful of agents that are good consistently consistently good at selling expedition so for me it's about if you're an agent now you know get get as much information as you can about the uh, uh, expedition segment you may not reap the benefits overnight but for me it's a long-term investment in terms of product knowledge um, and whether the business will come from in future years now we have had just had lunch here on silver whisper do you miss being working for a for a cruise line? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Um, it was quite funny when I was boarding the the ship. I was walking up with Tony, and there was a butler out on one of the balconies, and I waved at the butler. And Tony was looking at me as if to go, Lisa. Um, I feel such an affinity to this brand and this product. And um, yeah, look, I took my first cruise um, on Silver Spirit, so it will always hold a, a special place in my heart. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So I'm with Gary and Sue. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And we're on the beautiful Azamara Pursuit. Why don't you just introduce yourselves and tell us your background in cruise? I'm Sue Bryant. I'm currently cruise editor of the Sunday Times, but I've been writing about cruising for nearly 20 years. Hooked on cruising for nearly 20 years. And I write also for magazines all over the world and websites like Cruise Critic and some trade stuff as well. So, How did you get into cruising? Just as an aside. Uh, totally by accident. Oh, really? <laughs> totally by accident, yes. Just got offered a job on oh, a wow. cruise magazine 20 yeah. years ago and thought, oh no, this isn't for me, and then absolutely fell in love with it. So, Fantastic. And I'm Gary Buchanan. I'm a freelance cruise writer and have been writing about cruise exclusively for over 30 years. So same question, how did you get into cruise? I, uh, be, living in Scotland, being a Scot, I saw uh, QE2 launched on the Clyde uh, back in 1967 and um, I got a taste for transatlantic travel then ended up writing uh, a book about crossing the North Atlantic and Cunard and the rest is history. So before we get onto the Azamara ship itself um, there's been quite a lot of change in cruise in the time that you've been reporting on it Many changes, yes. Um, and, is, uh, and this ship is a good example, I guess, of some of those changes in terms of the decor, the destinations, yeah. uh, and so on. I think this ship, given that the ship's actually quite old, I think what they've done with the decor now is absolutely stunning. Yeah. It's, I almost noticed it more on this ship, because I sailed on this when it was Adonia, and when it was Minerva 2, and when it was R8. Really? <laughs> wow. And although I, don't, I just remember these ships had quite a dark feel about them, and the cabins are not the biggest in the industry, but I think what they've done is to make it really light and bright and beautiful and lovely. I mean, I personally like a, a neutral colour palette and I really love what they've done with the use of sort of cream and white in some of the staterooms. They look bigger now. Gary, yes. it's not obviously your first time on... Uh, no, it's not. And uh, I go back to the time uh, when a certain British cruise line didn't have private bathrooms. Gosh. You had God. to uh, <laughs> queue up with your towel and uh, wait for a shower and wait 
divorce yourself. Um, and that was only 30 years ago, yeah. so there's been a, a big sea change, if you'll excuse the expression. Um, and nowadays, you know, no cruise uh, comes with without right. private bathroom, and verandas are now almost standard. Uh, big demand for veranda cabins, and I also think that we're seeing here with Azamara Pursuit the use of. Uh, a colour scheme that is moving away from the traditional cruise style decor, it's far more sophisticated. To me, this is uh, like a grand European hotel. And actually, with with Kelly Hoppen getting involved in Celebrity Edge, yes, you you can see the different designs coming out, certainly in new ships or in retrofitted ships. Yes, I mean, the, the obviously colour schemes come and go in fashion, yeah. and the, I mean, thank goodness we've lost the swirly carpets, which. Are, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that that was always a problem for me, swirly carpets <laughs> and sort of naff colours. But the ships are genuinely much mm. more beautiful now, I think. very. Um, they are more like beautiful boutique hotels, even big ships like Celebrity Edge. Yeah. Uh, and and the focus by Azamara on destination and longer time in port and overnight, is that that's a trend that we're seeing more of, do you think? Across the industry, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, the tradition of arriving at eight in the morning sailing by five in the afternoon that's almost history now because the cruise lines have tumbled to the fact that people now want to cruise to explore and uh, it is the destination that is the key point when somebody is making a decision to buy a cruise and, and do you look at itineraries and destinations yourselves when when choosing when to be on a cruise ship yes definitely yes I mean Especially because you know the Mediterranean is our own backyard. Yeah. So anywhere small or interesting, I mean, I particularly love Greece. Anywhere that yeah. goes beyond the big tourist places like Mykonos and Santorini, lovely though they are, but anywhere that goes a bit more in depth in Greece, and that's a classic example of when you absolutely need to be ashore in the evening because it's the best time of day. It's when everyone goes out strolling and sits in tavernas, and you don't want to be sailing then. So, so yes, I think destination and, and imaginative use of destinations is really important now. How is it that Greece is still such a hidden gem, even though it's in the Mediterranean? <laughs> I mean, it's such a, a lot of say, it. There is a lot of it, but it's such a beautiful cr cruise destination, easy cruise destination. It is, and it's ideal for smaller ships, hmm. uh, like as a Mara Pursuit, just almost the right size. And uh, I was interested to hear about this intensive Greek Isles cruise that's coming up, uh, where they're going to islands that really cruise ships never go to, even the small ones. Um, but this is, again, it's an evolution to go to bucket list places and places beyond the bucket list that people haven't even considered going yes, to. Yes, a bit like Croatia, you know, like what's going on in Croatia now. It used to be that you just went to Dubrovnik, but now the fashion is to go to Korčula and to go, what, to go down to Montenegro. That's become very popular. But Havar, Split, all these different bits which is kind of the Mamma Mia effect, I suppose the same right. with Greece, but, but you know, people, ships are beginning to take people to much more, in a much more in-depth way around places that we've all known about for years. And do you think the pull of destination is enough to get people to try cruise for the first time? Are you seeing that shift? Because obviously yes, you're I think so, yes. I mean, especially when you look at the really obscure places in the world that you could only get to on a ship. I think yeah. People who want to try expedition travel are saying, well, I want to go to Antarctica, but the really the only way is to go on a ship. And then they think, oh, it's quite nice, this cruising thing. And <laughs> then they'll do something else, and then they might do a river cruise. And So, yes, I think definitely. And this is to me, uh, where travel agents 
play an absolutely pivotal role because they will have uh, clients who are, have spent a long time identifying destinations they want to go to and very loyal to resorts within those destinations. Yeah. But now cruise lines are offering that and more uh, because they get the chance to visit uh, several of those destinations yeah. in one region and have the overnight. And does that mean that the onboard product, if you like, for want of a better word, is less important for certain customers than for others? And obviously, you know. I don't think so. I think the onboard product is really important. I mean, food is always a big deal, and right. I think the food on Azamara is very good. Mm. Um, when I sailed on Journey, I have to say I did spend a lot of time in Prime Sea and Aquilina because yeah. I really like the small, more yeah. intimate restaurants. But the food in all the restaurants is good, and and I think you do find even if the ship's in port in the evening, a lot of passengers will come back on board for dinner. Mm. But what they want is to be able to go for a stroll and go for a nice yeah. drink, or maybe go out after dinner. So yes, I think it's still just as important what's on board. So Azamara expanding its fleet uh, I guess isn't different to what most cruise lines are currently doing but but what we have seen a lot of I guess is that luxury that growth in luxury fleet and expedition fleet so is there anything that's happening in that space that you think is interesting? Uh, well one area of luxury that uh, is certainly intriguing me is the introduction of the Ritz-Carlton yacht collection uh, I was down at the keel laying of their first vessel uh, in northern Spain and uh, that is a prime example of a new cruise line that really is going for the, the hotel guests at a very top level and they are uh, targeting the, those guests more so than from competing deluxe cruise lines. And actually, I'm, and if you listen to what Virgin Voyages are saying, they very much are basing their design, or they tell us they're basing their design on hotel. Yes. Which I think is an interesting trend. Yes, I mean, it remains to be seen what Virgin Voyages yeah. is like. It's, yeah. There's a lot of talk about it, sure. and I think some of their ideas are great. I love the fact that they've really going big on health, hmm. and they've got all these different places around the ship where you can work out, and they're even, I think they're turning the spa into a nightclub which has never been done. I think we can safely say it's never been done on a ship. I was reading about that today. That's really unusual. So, But again, quite a smaller ship, so, so they haven't gone for the big ship. So is, is there a resurgence in small ship cruising, or has it never gone away? Oh, I think there is, yes, definitely. Really? Yes. I think, people, I think as more people convert to cruising, a certain type of person, they are looking for a small ship, and people would consider this a small ship yeah. pursuit and they would come on this ship and they would say oh you never get me on one of those big ones but they love this kind of thing and then they will look for other small ships and they look for river ships which are all small anyway and then there's a different kind of person I think that's attracted to going on a big ship for the first time because they want all the entertainment they've got kids you know they want the sort of buzz of a big ship but I think definitely small ships are on the way up there is always the compromise with small ships versus big ships and as Sue just you know talked about the entertainment mm. obviously on a big ship it's yes. going to be lavish uh, when you come on a smaller ship people's expectations are different they're not looking for the all singing all dancing Broadway review shows what they tend to be is uh, they would prefer somewhere where they can socialize more comfortably in smaller smaller mm. bars smaller cafes on board uh, and also as we've seen with Viking um, they have um, a colossal observation lounge uh, where people enjoy sitting reading 
and like again the living room on here yes yeah which yes. is called the living room yes. which is and it is kind of a living room isn't it yeah it's a nice name people for like it, that yeah. yeah and one point on here of course is this is uh, the first Azamara ship without a casino uh, which makes sense because with so many overnights in port the casino can't open for legal reasons and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Azamara Journey and Azamara Quest don't make the transition as well making Azamara Club Cruises one of the few US based cruise lines that don't offer casino. But I was thinking about this and I was thinking if if people want a casino that badly, and if the ship's in port at night, then maybe some of the night touring that they talk about yeah. will be to a casino. So if you're in Monaco and you're a gambler, then maybe you would use that as your evening in Monaco and go to the casino. So it doesn't mean that if you've got a client who wants casinos, they can't come right. on Azamara. Yeah. It just means they you have to be a bit more creative. <laughs> <laughs> and actually what they've done with the space, uh, the den, is, it's a really good use of that kind of soft furnishing, relaxing space. Yeah, it's much better but use. Seaborne yeah. has something similar. Well, Seaborne Square, I right. mean, it's yeah. very, very similar vibe. Uh, having the sort of nexus of all the uh, shore excursions all based there and you, you can use it as a living room yeah. uh, and or a den but it's also a very elegant room I'm conscious of time so I just want to go back to destination that we started talking about in terms of your experience you've cruised a lot is there a destination that stands out that that was exciting or that unexpected no, or I know that, well that's the trouble you've been to <coughs> many places but is there something that or a couple that stand out well I'm going to you go take, first. take go the lead with this one. I've been fortunate to be, have travelled to the Galapagos Islands right. twice, and uh, that is one of the most incredible places on this planet. And hopefully, I'll be able to visit there once more. And me more. too, Galapagos, really. and Cuba, and Patagonia, and the Greek islands, and the Norwegian fjords. I mean, I love cruising. I love yeah. most places I go. I love. So such a choice it's difficult yeah. to know where to start and I'd love to go to Galapagos I haven't been yet but um, it, it looks an amazing destination yeah. brilliant Gary Sue thank you ever so much pleasure Hi again, it is Spa and Wellness Week during Choose Cruise and what better place to talk about Spa and Wellness than here in a spa. And um, we're on board Celebrity Silhouette and I'm with Emma. Hello. Hello. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Emma. I run a website called cruisingisntjustforoldpeople.co.uk where we try and encourage young people to try cruising. Wow, so how did you end up setting that up as a website? So I've been cruising since I was 11 okay. and I got to about 18 and I realised everyone else didn't have the same level of knowledge about cruises. So I would speak to my friends and they wouldn't even realise that you would get off. I had friends ask me like, oh, don't you get bored? Be on there for a week. I was like, you do get <laughs> off. So I started a website basically speaking to myself before I had gone on a cruise line saying, I wish I knew this, this, this. Right. So that people, when they get on board, they don't realise on the last day, oh, I wish I knew about that. I right. wish I knew there was an ice cream machine by the pool or something. So the idea is you read the things I write before you go on and you can make the most of your time. That's basically what I write for myself, <laughs> my past self. Which is great. So you've been on a few cruises and a lot of ships. Yeah, so I cruised maybe, I started at 11. I did a few when I was a teenager. So I've done all of the teen clubs, all of the oh, like, wow. so I've got a children's clubs, teen <laughs> clubs. And now as an adult, I just carry on cruising. Because um, it's just a natural choice for me. I like visiting new places and I get to cross off five in a week. Yeah, So yeah, exactly. there's, uh, Without doing a cruise, you'd have to do a lot of planning. 
to drive yes. or get the train yeah. and there's so many things on board i honestly forget that the cruise ship goes to places sometimes because <laughs> i'm so excited about the things that are on board and actually the spa is is quite a quiet place when ships are in port because most people are off and it is yes. quite a nice time to come to a spa it can be the best times because you can get really good discounts if you do it when it's docked because everyone else is off right or if you get a spa treatment on the first day that can be quite a good way to save money as well so this week is all about spa and wellness, and we've, we'll talk a little bit about spa in a second, but wellness itself, it's not just a spa, is it? No, so wellness is about your health in general, so it's about your body and your mind. So it's a mix of exercise, food, and relaxing. Can't forget the relaxing. <laughs> no, the re relaxing is a very important piece. Yeah. But actually, we almost forget that the gyms on board these ships are incredible. They're really good. They're way better than my gym at home, right. for yeah. sure. And the gym exercise class is always fun. So I've done like Zumba and things, yoga. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. So, so spa-wise, we often think about the treatment rooms themselves. Mm -hmm. But there's and and you've had treatments before. Yeah. So they do normal massages, facials. You can get things like your teeth whitened. You can get Botox on some cruises now. You can yeah. get cosmetic things but they normally have like a thermal area where they'll have steam rooms spas nice bubbly pools some of them have snow and cold showers so once you've had an hour in the steam room you can head into the and cool off yeah <laughs> which Apparently is quite... it's good for you yeah no, <laughs> I've done it it's fun but more as a challenge yeah and what's nice about the spa is it's a really quiet area of the ship it so is so nice even if you're not having a treatment yes. you can relax yeah I would normally sometimes you can book for an hour or a day or for your full cruise so if you book for the full cruise it'll be cheaper than if you do for a day okay but sometimes it's quite nice just to go for an hour just have an hour to just do nothing yeah because cruises can be quite tiring like when your itinerary yeah. intense is intensive with ports yeah sometimes you just need to like lay down the other thing I noticed as we walked in is that there's also a barbers and hairdressers and oh, a salon yeah. and all of those treatments. get your nails done get your hair done get your eyebrows tinted whatever you want yeah, anything you can get done on land you can get done on the cruise for sure and the other thing i noticed which is really cool for couples is there is a couple's treatment room yeah and sometimes it's it's cheaper if you do if you were both going to get a massage for okay. yourself or if you do a couple's massage it'll be cheaper so they do quite a lot for couples actually yeah yeah it's nice so do you spend much time in a spa when you're traveling i don't normally have treatments i have had massages and things but i prefer using the thermal area just because i can come and go whenever i like and just yeah. I've had a busy day in port walking around, I've done loads of steps, I'm exhausted, sit in the bubbly pool and just recoup, quite nice. <laughs> Sounds like the perfect way to end a busy yeah, day. Yeah, really nice. Uh, and, and the final thing I'm going to say is that there are often on ships, certainly this size, there are often spa suites or spa rooms that get the free access to the, to the, the treatment as well. Yeah, so on some cruise lines you can put like a spa cabin and it will come with access to the spa, um, sometimes you can get like specialized plans for your cruise yeah. so you can feel better than when you left and have all these things done sometimes if you book multiple things together it'll be a lot cheaper and you can okay. book them up in advance so that's obviously better than being disappointed when you can't get in but if if you're going to do maybe three treatments sometimes it'll be a percent off the first one a percent off the okay. second so if you know you're going to want to do things on as soon as possible book them up yes and just get your space Book they early. do go quite far sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Listen, thank you ever so much for joining us. We're going to go and have a have a treatment, maybe, or see if we can relax. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me as well. Thank you. <laughs> So that's all from us this week. Thank you to Lisa, Gary, Sue, Emma and Andy for taking part in this week's episode. Make sure to follow the latest by following the hashtag ClearLuxury2018 and hashtag ChooseCruise for all the latest in the industry. I've been Toby Cruz and I'll see you next week. Happy cruising.